Hi everyone and welcome to the Final Whistle podcast from Southampton FC. I'm Kenzie Benali. And I'm Steve Forbes and we're back again for post-match reaction to Southampton's 2-1 win away to Brighton. Dean Hammond and Adam Leach are with us again. Dean, your prediction was spot on. A 2-1 win for the Saints. Yeah, it's nice nice to get one right. Um, I'm pleased with that and uh, an excellent result by by Southampton. Um, Not the best performance of the season. A game of... The two halves, that old saying, but um, a brilliant response. Um, great to get three points um, and fifth in the Premier League. So, yeah, long may it continue. And Saints are back into the top five, and that's another away win to boot. That's also one away defeat in the last 11 matches, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's a, tr- a tremendous record, Steve. They're just they're kind of almost getting better and better. And, and the, the performance against Brighton wasn't a better performance, but in a way... If you want to be taking the positives, it's, it's, it's a better result in a strange kind of way because they're not playing well and winning. And that is the hallmark of a club that is going to have a really good season and that can be really competitive. When you look at all those big teams at the top, you look at the teams even who win the titles, uh, who, who compete at a very high level in the Champions League, they find a way. You watch them. They don't always play great all the time, week in, week out. But when they struggle, they find a way. And that's what Saints have done against Brighton. Uh, and t- to be back in the top five again um, just goes to show that they're, they're kind of, they could be here to stay. I think people are beginning to sit up and take notice now. Flashing the pan after four or five games. OK, that's easy to say. After 11 games, when you've dropped down a little bit, some of the big clubs have leapfrogged you be clawing your way back in again to get those results proves that you should be taken very seriously and certainly Saints should this season. Yeah, hopefully it's not a flash in the pan and we're in for a, a long, slow roast. Anyway, before we discuss today's victory in detail, here's how the game panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. Welcome to the Amex on a Monday night in the Premier League. Rowan being taken in front of those fans on the opposite stand to us and flicked in field for a well bet. Looked like a handball, that did. Looked like the ball rolled around James Ward-Prowse's hand and the penalty is given by David Coote. Penalty for Brighton. Right-footed, sends him the wrong way and Pascal Gross gives Brighton the lead. Last minute of the first half, hangs it towards the penalty spot. Vestergaard with a free header and Yannick Vestergaard does it again. Terrific contact. Vestergaard from halfway looks up again. Walker-Peters makes one of those runs around the back and this time it's a clumsy challenge from March. I think that's a penalty or a free kick. Now, what's the referee given? I think he said it's outside the box. At first, it was... Here we go, it's a penalty. It's a penalty. Well, Brighton had a penalty in the first half at that end and now VAR has given Southampton a penalty. It's Ings against Ryan. Can he mark his return to fitness? and to the team with a goal and more importantly give them the lead late in the game rings sends him the wrong way brighton one southampton two danny ings is back on the pitch back in the goals climbed by vestergaard and And southampton have come from behind to beat brighton 2-1 at the amex dean another important win for the saints tonight what was your overall assessment of the game no, a very, very good result. Um, a good response after last week uh, and especially a good response in the second half after a bit of a bitty first half. Didn't quite get going, couldn't quite get into um, the normal rhythm that we've been used to with Southampton. Um, but an excellent away performance uh, to win the game 2-1. 
in the manner they did second half. Um, controlled the game, I thought. Um, credit to Brighton, I thought they were very good first half. Had a little, a lot more energy, uh, a bit more purpose than Southampton. Um, but I use the word again, a really good response. Um, Danny Ings coming off the bench made a difference, made an impact. I think he helped uh, raise the the tempo um, and the belief in the other players. Um, so a really, really good result and a really important three points. And, you know, long continues the, the fantastic start to the season. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great to see Danny back, wasn't it? And, and scoring as well. Adam, what was your overall assessment of tonight's game? Well, I, I guess it's probably trotting out that the old cliche of uh, about winning when you when you don't play well and that being the sign of a good team. And I think I think that was Saints tonight. I'm not saying they didn't play well throughout the 90 minutes, but I mean, they were very fortunate probably this evening to get that three points. I'm not I'm not sure on the balance of play. You would argue that was a deserved three points, but they got three points. And when you look at teams who do very well, teams who are successful, they managed to pick up these wins where perhaps they're not quite at the top of their game or they find opposition who play very well against them and yet they still find a way. And that was probably summed up Saints' performance, really. A first half, very fortunate to get out of that uh, half-time level. Um, and, and, you know, they could have been a couple behind by then and really struggling and up against it. Second half, uh, the you know, Gineppo... Gineppo really, really struggled in that first half and it was a good change bringing on Ings and dropping uh, Walcott back. It made quite a big difference uh, to Saints and the way they were setting about playing and and the trouble they caused Brighton. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we'll talk about VAR and whatever you make of that, whether it was a stroke of fortune, as I, I probably think it was or not. Nonetheless, they got the rub of the green there. And they took their chance and they and they got three points on the board. And again, that is just the mark of a good team, a good confident team. They don't get too down. They don't get too rattled if they have that, that period where they are just struggling a little bit and they can come out of it and still win a game. So very impressive from that point of view. Yeah, we have got a lot to get into, including the VAR decision. But let's start from the beginning. Uh, Dean, you mentioned it yourself. Saints in the first half struggled with their rhythm. What do you put that down to? Why do you think that was? Yeah, it's a good question, Steve. I'm not sure, to be honest. They just didn't quite get going. I think Brighton were uh, played with a lot more energy, a bit more hunger, and, and Southampton just couldn't quite get their, their rhythm, their passing rhythm going. There was a few passes that were intercepted. Um, the final pass kept breaking down. They just couldn't get that, that flow going where they would go forward, they would come back, they would turn out, they would switch play keep possession and then try and get them creating opportunity. So it, it kind of just kept breaking down. So there was no real pattern to, to the first half. I'm not sure we can put an answer to that. That can happen sometimes in games and maybe Brighton were just um, the more superior team first half. Um, but the reaction second half was, was really was, it was, it was excellent, a completely different team um, and played more like the Southampton we've come to know this uh, first half. So it can happen sometimes. You just don't can't quite get out that. In, you can't quite get into second gear. You can't quite get yourself going. There's not that sharpness. So I don't know. But at the end of the day, they got the three points, and and that's the main thing. And like Adam touched on there, when you can win games when you're not at your best, when you can win games and come from behind, that's fantastic. 
Yeah, Steve on Facebook has echoed those thoughts, Dean. He said it's good second half performance and so good to see Danny back and scoring a well-taken penalty. It certainly was. Um, Adam, do we need to give uh, Brighton credit, though, as Dean alluded to, because they were playing with a lot of energy? Yeah, I think they do deserve some credit for their for their first half performance. They came out. I think they, I think they recognised it was probably an important day for them to try and get a win as well. We talked about it being a opportunity for Saints. Brighton probably felt first game back with fans in their stadium, needing to kind of get a home win. Southampton are a good team, but they probably thought eh, maybe there's a there's half a sniff for us in this game playing playing in our own stadium. Um, so they probably recognised it was an important match for them as well. So they were definitely up for it. They 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 were playing well. Saints fell a little bit flat, as uh, as Dean rightly said. I mean, the best play all evening really was those diagonal balls that Vestergaard was hitting that was stretching the back three out wide and exposing that bit of space down the sides because of the three centre-halves. Um, but they were sort of a bit more hit and miss in the first half. Second half, they, they really got going, and especially the ones into Walker-Peters as well were was a really good combination from Vestergaard. But yeah, first half, not quite so much. And Gineppo really was off the boil tonight. I'm not quite sure what was... Uh, what was up with him this evening but he was he was yeah really really struggling and uh, and that didn't help matters but you have to give Brian credit because they they were energetic Uh, they were they were pretty committed as well in fact I think Dean touched on they actually were slightly hungrier than Saints I felt for the ball um, as well and the first half was strange because Saints kind of felt a little bit like they finished against Man United it felt a bit fatigue if you like, if that's even a word, probably not. Um, but it felt a bit like it was it was that kind of sensation again. But this time they they were they had long enough in the game to shake themselves out of it. So credit to Brighton, but also credit to Saints for the way they came back and they didn't just sort of lay down and take that for 90 minutes. They they got dust got up, dusted themselves off and came out in the second half and and you know got the win. Yeah, Brighton did take the lead from the penalty spot in the first half after James Ward-Prowse was judged to have handled inside the area. Um, he's got his hand up there, Dean. We tried to work out why it was there. Um, can you fill us in? What do you think he was doing? I think it was just um, he lost sight of the ball because Danny Welbeck was going to try and control it with his chest. So he couldn't necessarily see the ball. If you notice, the first half, there was a lot of players slipping over on the pitch. And I think James was just had his arm out to you can only probably say to, to balance himself, to try and balance himself, or it looked like he was going to appeal. Maybe thought Danny Welbeck was going to handle the ball, so he was appealing for a decision. Um, any other reason, I'm really not sure why his hand is up there. It must have been do, to do with balance. Maybe there was a slight slip. Um, but unfortunately, it, it's definitely a penalty. You know, the one the game, if the ball touches your hand in the penalty area, and it was pretty obvious, then it's a penalty decision. But... It wasn't intentional. You could see from James's reaction that he was very disappointed and, and confused. But unfortunately, if the ball touches your hand, then it is a penalty. But I just think it was a lack of balance and maybe lost the sight of the ball and then didn't realise, you know, once he's touched the, uh, the ball with his hand, he knows the decision, tried to pull his hand away, but it was too late. Yeah, there's no getting away from that one, was there? But on a more positive note, uh, he did get the assist today, or an assist today, um, another one for him. Does that go to show our quality, that even when we're not playing at our best, we can still fashion chances from set pieces? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great uh, quality to have as well as a team. If you've got that in your locker, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. Really epitomizes why it's so important if you can do that, um, because you cannot play that well, but you can still get out of it. That's exactly what Saints did. I mean, they didn't deserve to be level at half time. No way did they deserve to be level. But Brighton were not clinical enough. They only scored one goal. And as long as it's only one and you've got you're really effective from set pieces, you've got you're going to get chances. And that's exactly what happened. And War Prowse's delivery is excellent. Vestergaard is uh, we've spoken about him at length in terms of how he's growing as a player. Um, but he's also growing as an attacking threat. I mean, I think we all assumed anybody who's who had you know, first met him when he first turned up in person would have looked at him and think, well, this guy is going to get seven, eight goals a season from set pieces. He's absolutely massive. And he really, really has struggled until recently. And now he's kind of, I think he must just have a little bit more confidence about him. And that finish was absolutely excellent. Um, but again, it just goes to show if you've got those set pieces in your locker, they can really get you some almost free goals. So you get out of jail cards sometimes and teams that have got that are great. And teams who concede from set pieces a lot, which Brian do, uh, they can really struggle as well. Because again, you can play really well like that first 45 minutes and then one moment, if you're not that great at defending set pieces and it's one all, and it is only one moment when you've played well for 40 odd minutes before that. And so it's a huge, huge benefit for Saints. What a header it was from Vestergaard to level things up for Southampton. Uh, Dean, in the pre-match show, we saw a, a really lovely <laughs> header from yourself uh, in a previous fixture. Uh, but how hard is it to actually generate that much power uh, and direction on a header from a cross like that? Oh, I wouldn't know, Steve. I never got power in like that. My goal was definitely not like that. Um, no, I mean, it, it was fantastic movement. If you watch him, he, he kind of... Waits for the flight of the delivery. Great delivery from James Ward-Prowse. He moves one way and then goes back the other. So he, he builds a bit of momentum um, and his timing's really good as well. And he gets, I mean, Adam touching it. He's a huge, huge um, man, but he actually really rises high as well and gets really good power. So it's down to his movement, building some momentum from his movement and the timing of his header as well. And he gets great power in it right into the corner. So... A really, really good finish. A great time to score a goal just before halftime. And his performance tonight was brilliant. When he actually started really slowly, he gave the ball away early on in, in the game and Brighton broke and Danny Welbeck almost scored early on. But from that point forward, he was fantastic. And one of the, the best bits of his performance today was his passing. He was really, really composed on the ball. He was playing balls into the midfield. The midfield players were being able to turn. Them diagonal balls that Adam mentioned with right and left foot. He looked really comfortable um, playing. Um, he looks like his confidence up and he celebrated that goal with with amazing passion, which is great to see. Um, so he had a really top performance tonight and uh, no, a really good header. Um, but yeah, can't compare mine to that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we beg to differ, Dean. Um, well, as you can imagine, our comments section on social media is filled with love for Yannick Vestergaard. Uh, Ernest said, Yannick Vestergaard is the greatest. Felix has got in touch and he said that he's different gravy. Uh, Eric, hello to you. He's on YouTube. He says, Yannick Vestergaard again with another epic performance. Back to St Mary's next week in front of the fans, up in fifth place, up the Saints. And Vivian has said, tough match, Vestergaard man of the match. 
Um, Adam Dean kind of said it there really, but it is the old cliche, the perfect time to score on the stroke of half time. Just how important was that goal from Yannick? It was really important in the context of the game because I think, well, both teams would have known, obviously, that at that point, you're approaching half-time. Brighton are good value for 1-0. They could be further ahead, probably should have been further ahead. But nonetheless, I think, in a way, you get to that stage of the match and probably both teams would have been content at that moment, just before that moment, to have actually got in at 1-0. So I think Brighton would have felt a little bit like, well, OK, it's only 1-0, but we've played well. There's plenty of positives for us to take into the second half. We can kind of regroup and restructure a little bit. And Saints would have would have thought, right, we, we need to really think about what we're doing here and change this up so the second half's considerably better. Um, but then suddenly it's one all. And for Saints, it's like, well, you've started that forward momentum to take into the second half. For Brighton, that's a huge kick in the guts to go in at half-time, knowing that you're the better team. And not not only do you not have a one-goal lead, you know, you're, you're, you've got a team that are going to be coming out sort of biting at your heels straight away. And and so that's really important, I think, from a mentally for, for the players um, and for Saints. And I guess they also had that added bonus, being able to chuck Danny Ings on at half-time. It just, that momentum just felt like it was behind Saints. You got the goal, your best player is coming on as well. Uh, yeah, I imagine that they they went out feeling uh, feeling a lot happier than they, than they otherwise would have done, and that was a big factor for them. Mm, yeah, well, Southampton did get their winner from the penalty spot uh, late on in the game after a lengthy VAR decision. Um, for both of you, was it inside or outside of the box? Uh, Dean, let's come to you first. Well, I think the first initial contact is definitely outside the box, but I don't think the initial contact is a foul. And then it goes into the box and the momentum takes it through and then it becomes a foul, in my opinion. So I can see why the Brighton players, after seeing it on the screen, disagree with the decision because Solly March did touch uh, Walker Peters outside the box. But then the momentum carries them in, into the box. And then I think that's when it becomes a foul. Maybe that's a biased view from myself because I want the penalty for Southampton. But I think if you, if you look at it again, VAR have looked at it. They've looked at it probably for five or six minutes it took a long decision I think it's a penalty I, I do I, I'm, if I was on the pitch I would be angry if I was a Brighton player but I just think that momentum that takes him in the box Walker Peters is away he's going to get onto the ball Solly March does foul him I think that's a penalty in my opinion Yeah, Adam do you agree with the team in Stockley Park that the, the contact went from outside to inside and then that equals a penalty I thought it probably wasn't a penalty um and I, I kind of feel that, I guess it's more of a, that's more perhaps slightly also me railing against VAR and the fact that we had, what, 40 odd replays of it probably over minutes and minutes and minutes with nothing happening. Just guys, the players just stood around on the pitch. And at the end of it, I think we came away still not knowing that we got the correct decision. Uh, that the very fact we're debating it tells you we don't even know that we got the correct decision. Um, and for me, the, there's another area there where that's a failure for VAR. And I know the difficulty here is that kind of clear and obvious error stuff is a bit clouded here because this should be a matter of fact. Is it across a line or not? But actually, because of the way it is, it's not. we don't have the lines on it like 
um, likely offside. So we're not able to judge it in the same way. And so therefore, we've got one guy on the pitch who's watched it in real time and given his opinion of what he thinks he's seen. And then we've given, we've gone to a guy sat in Stockley Park who's watched the video, can't probably conclude. And so he's given his opinion on what he thinks has happened. And his opinion is the one that's counted. Um, just doesn't feel like the right way to go about making decisions to me. It just all still feels, still feels a little bit wrong. Um, I'm glad for Saints they got the penalty, um, but I'm not sure I'm that happy about the way it, the way it actually happened in terms of the VAR. Well, correct decision or not, it was good news for Danny Ings and so good to see him back uh, after injury and the fans understandably are delighted that he's back uh, playing for the Saints again. Great penalty from Danny, so good to see him back fit and scoring again, says GS on YouTube. Um, Dean, yeah, it was great to see him back, wasn't it? Um, a word from you on how Danny got on this evening. Yeah, it was great to see him back and he has that influence over the other players. I think the rest of the team's standards raised when he came on. Um, it inspired them. He's he's that catalyst to, that improved the team. A bit like last week when Cavani came on for Manchester United, he made a huge difference. And I think Danny did that tonight. He just does things better. He's just that higher quality of player. And he's a talisman for, for Southampton. Um, obviously, he's not as sharp as he was because he's been out for a few weeks. But he just has them nice touches and he's just a goal for it you know anytime he gets around the box when you know that time when he the ball came into his chest he played a one-two with Nathan Redmond I know he didn't quite mean to he tried to get himself but then Nathan got in and almost scored he just creates opportunities with his instinct to to try and score a goal um, and he makes players better around him so it was great to see him back on the pitch really well taken penalty obviously you can see he's not lost his confidence because wanted to take the penalty put it into the top corner so Brilliant to have him back. Good decision by the manager to bring him on, give him that 45 minutes. And now he's up and running again. Um, and he'll be a, a huge player for the rest of the season. So great to see him back. A little bit, he'll get a little bit sharper for the next fixture. Um, but he has such an impact on the team and the rest of the players around him. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, big performance from Danny and a big impact from the substitutes bench as well. But Adam, how do you think the rest of the attackers did today? Bit of a mixed bag, to be honest, Steve. Um, first half, there just was very, probably no, few of them really covered themselves in much glory. I thought felt first half, I've said already, Gineppo was well off the pace for whatever reason. Stu Armstrong, unusually, uh, was a little bit uh, subdued in the first half as well. Not quite himself, but sort of came to life a little bit uh, as the half came to an end. Um, yeah, Che Adams sort of manfully battled away, Theo the same. Second half, it was a bit of a different scenario, really, with Danny back on, uh, back in the team again. It sort of felt like it was it was more what we'd come to expect from Saints. There was more fluidity in their play. Uh, they, they looked much more dangerous. When Redmond came on as well, he added a little bit of fresh impetus, fresh legs um, as well. And that was good to see too, because I think he's a... He's going to be an important player in the next four or five weeks for Saints, um, given they're going to need to change things up a little bit. He's going to be one of those sort of first change players for them. So I think it's encouraging to see that that he's on form. So I, th I think we sort of had a kind of a game of two halves from some of the attacking players, but it wasn't necessarily that that was just them. That was kind of the team as a whole, for whatever reason. As Dean said, hard to put your finger on exactly why, but that was 
that was just the way it went uh, against Brighton. But yeah, good to see, uh, good to see them all getting run out, and good to see them all sort of finishing on a high, really, which was the kind of the most important thing to take forward to the next game. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. We did what was necessary today uh, against a tough opponent. Uh, uh, to be one down, never easy. But today we turned the table, and I think in a way that uh, really uh, I have to respect what, what we did today. Especially the fight was, was unbelievable. Uh, we tried always to give pressure on them, don't let them play. We have been always on the champ, and the back four did a fantastic job today also. Uh, everything what uh, we couldn't filter, they, they defended out, and, and I think it was. It was especially our work against the ball was the key of winning today. Teams adapted so well without Danny, but obviously a huge boost to have him back and to have him scoring straight away. I mean, that, that can only help his confidence. Absolutely. I, I was very long thinking about uh, let him start today or not. And yeah, I think also for him it was better to come in the second half and, and, and uh, it's uh, absolute luxury when you, when you can be ready and easy in a game, in such a tough game, in such a tight game, and that you can make the difference then. And today it was definitely a good, a good moment to bring them. Let's look ahead, shall we, to the next game. Looking at the bigger picture, we are now in fifth in the Premier League table and with a very winnable-looking fixture against Sheffield United at home on Sunday. Um, Dean, what are your early thoughts on that one? Well, it's it's 20, 20 points from 11 games, is, is it now, and in fifth place in the Premier League. So um, a brilliant benchmark for the club so far. Going into the game um, against Sheffield United, I watched the game yesterday, Sheffield United are a pretty decent team, to be honest. They hold a good shape. Then they won't be a, a pushover at all. Um, they're fighting for their lives. Very honest team, hardworking, not a huge goal threat. So it'll be a game that Southampton can think, well, actually, we can go and win this now. We can go and get back-to-back victories. Um, it would be nice to get a victory at home again after losing to Manchester United. Um, so before the, the game, you asked me the question, what... What, how many points would it be good to get from these two games? I said four, but now we've won tonight. You know, can we go into the home game and beat Sheffield United? What I think is is definitely doable, but it'll be tough. It'll be a different type of game. Southampton will have more of the ball. They have to break Sheffield United down, maybe be a little bit more patient. So it'll be an interesting contest. Yeah, it certainly will be. And of course, we'll be welcoming back fans to St Mary's for the first time since March, which is something to certainly look forward to. Adam, uh, what are you thinking for the game against Sheffield United? Yeah, I don't think Sheffield United are as bad, anywhere near as bad, in fact, as the league table suggests. I actually think they're they're fairly reasonable. Like Dean said, perhaps a little bit of lack of of cutting edge up front has probably cost them a little bit this season, but they're well organised, they're well drilled. They're definitely committed to the cause still. Um, they're probably lacking in quite a bit of confidence because of their results. But but they're a dangerous team, I still feel, which sounds crazy when you see their league position. But I but I genuinely believe that they're going to win some games at some point. They are they are going to win some matches. They're not going to stay languishing like they are now. Uh, and they are a team that could be kind of a threat for anybody. And I think it will be yeah interesting to see how Saints handle it. Of course, looking at the form. Saints go into it as favourites and thoroughly deserved favourites. But if there's any hint at all of complacency, uh, I think it will get exposed. I don't expect there to be, but if there is, then it will get exposed. So I think Saints have to treat this uh, very seriously and try and keep in their mind that they are actually, forget where Sheffield United are in the league table and realise they're in for a competitive game against a team that 
really actually aren't as bad as as the league table suggests. Um, yeah, and I hope that obviously the the you know, return of the fans will will boost Saints. But again, the fans who are there who are lucky enough to get in and watch a game, they shouldn't be complacent either. Saints are riding high, but they you know they've got another chance for a win. They need to keep on ploughing on. Um, it's amazing when you're trying to compete for those top positions. It only takes a, a few bad weeks and suddenly you're you're way out of the mix and it's hard to climb back in again when you're in amongst those teams who are just winning machines. So you've got to keep going. You've got to keep notching up these wins. So, uh, yeah, another good opportunity for three points, but, but don't be complacent, I think would be my advice. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thanks to our guests, Dean Hammond and Adam Leach. We'll be back after the game on Sunday. We'll see you then.